Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of All Ball Chicago. I'm your co-host, Robert Bobby Reed, and I got the legend, the NBA veteran, the McDonald's All-American, your host, Marcus, living in a building. What's up, Marcus? What's up, my beautiful people? And we got a special guest. He's going to show up, but I, I'm going to wait for his intro because I've been waiting for this my entire life. You know what I'm saying? So when he pop on, I right. got one for the big fella, man. What's up, big Marcus? How you doing, brother? Oh, man, you know, all is well, man, all is well. No complaints on my end, you know, trying to trying to stay afloat, man. You know man. what I'm saying? You complain, ain't nobody going to listen. Ah, <laughs> that's what my mom used to say. My dad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, Lib, I don't, I, this might be a little bit off subject, but what is the Lakers trying to do here, bro? Oh, the Lakers, man, uh, they look like they're trying to build a, 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 a team. A super-duper team? Of, of, you know, older guys, wiser guys, you know, that understand the game. And I think they, they you know, you know what they say, man. They say LeBron is trying to, you know, get more championships. You know, right, I don't think he's right. playing for anything, anything else but that. Right. I agree. I agree. And he definitely got DeAndre Jordan now. And he got but, Dwight Howard. But, but you should be thinking about winning, you know, championships too. You know, so. Right. I don't think it's nothing wrong with LeBron trying to uh, solidify his legacy, you know, up there with the top dogs, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, mentioning uh, the GOAT, you know, that GOAT conversation that people always talk about. I don't really get involved with that, but that's what I see, you know, is happening. So, well, you know what, man, uh, I think looking back, uh, Michael and all of them wish they would have did it. Because <laughs> Brian, he didn't master it. Now nah, he, he, hey, look, the NBA putting the old guys out every day. He going to get them dudes, man. Right. You know? Right. Because Rondo on his way out. Dwight Howard on his way out. Carmelo on his way out. I mean, who else? Uh, uh, Trevor Reza on his way out. Uh, right. Isaiah Thomas. Did they end up signing Isaiah Thomas? I don't know if they signed Isaiah Thomas or not. I don't. I really don't know if they signed him or not. But um, I do know they 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 definitely going out to for veteran you know players. So if they didn't, uh, I know they mentioned that they was thinking about signing him. Yeah, this reminds me of Phil Jackson's mentality. How he used to put all those old vets around Scotty and Pip. Right. I mean Pip and Mike. You know, remember that Bulls team when he had John Sally, James right. Edwards, Dennis Rodman. And then he had Chief on the team. Remember? Like, <laughs> Chief was 57 years old in the NBA, man. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, 
I think we I think we may have my man uh getting ready to come on, man. So we I'm ready, people, bro. People hear us talk all the time, man. So let's uh let's bring the big fella on, man. Let's get him on. All right, let's do it. There he is. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all ball Chicago. I gotta give you an intro, big fella. I gotta get into you, man. Man, we, we got a special guest in the building today. He was a McDonald's All-American. He was an NBA veteran. He's an NBA veteran, McDonald's All-American. He also tore down the walls at CBS. He did his thing in Michigan. And he went to the NBA, won multiple championships as a coach and a player. Man, give it up tomorrow. One of my favorite guys, Juwan Howard, man. What's up, big fella? What's up, fellas? Can y'all hear me? Yep, we can hear you, man. We can hear you loud and clear, man. That's good, good, hey, man. How y'all doing, man? Man, we we good. And I know, I know you, you it's time, and it's that it's that time. It's that college basketball season, man. So I want to thank you, man, for you know giving us some of your time today uh to come on and join us on All Ball Chicago. Well, fellas, man, I really appreciate you all inviting me. But you know, I would let you all know this, man, that anytime when it's about you know, something's involving home, Chicago, uh, a guy who I respect a lot and I grew up loving, a big, I'm a huge fan, one of my heroes, Marcus Liberty. Wow. I'm a, and I will be on this anytime and I would do it for any one of us, you know, people that I know that's from the, as we say, the crib. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the crib, dog. Yes, 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 man. Thanks for having me, fellas. No doubt, man. No doubt. And, uh, and we always start. We always started off, uh, Newt, with uh, who put the who put the rock in your hand, man, at a, at a young age to get you to start playing basketball. Who was that person? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I would have to go with uh, when I was living on 69th and Harper, um, and that was this park called Chestnut Park, and the Chestnut is still there, but unfortunately, uh, the guys are not playing basketball no, no longer on that park. But there was some OGs in the neighborhood, man. They saw that I was tall, you know, they were like, man, they found out my age and they like, hold up, man, you, you, you're fifth grade, you know, going to kindergarten and you this tall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, one of the OGs that lived in my building, man, he was, uh, his name was Mickey. He passed away, but uh, they, they used to always go to Chestnut and hoop and, he was one of the guys that said, "Hey, man, you need to like try this little round, little orange thing right here, because you know if you if you really embrace this, this is something that's really going to help you maybe get yourself out of this hood." And, and mm. uh, he was the guy that inspired me and and really got me into playing basketball, man. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's um that's interesting, man. That. You know, you were <laughs> you were that tall. I wasn't that tall, but I was a, a, a little shorty, man. I I didn't start growing until seventh grade. You know, oh, so, really? Yeah. So I started growing when I was in seventh grade. So I was man, but I was like a guard, you know. So I was dribbling the basketball and everything. So when I, that height came, knew, and that's when everything just fell into place for me. You know. So who was that? I know you said it on one of your shows before. Um, who was that? Who was that guy you looked up to? Man, you know, as I, a shorty, as a shorty, uh, you know, you, <laughs> <laughs> you were one of those guys, man. I first watched you play back in. I, I know you don't even know this, but um, Washington Park, 
You know, mm-hmm. that was like this little tournament going on in Washington Park. And at that time, I had to be like a freshman in high school and maybe eighth grade. Yes, it was eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And I was going to my freshman year. And you happened to be playing with some guys at Washington Park indoor. It was an indoor mm-hmm. uh, at that gym on Washington Park. And um, I was wondering, like, man, oh, boy, man, he big dude got some handles, man. He's skilled and he can shoot. And you guys were losing the game. And you made this one move where you uh, you back dribble out between your legs and you had two guys double team. You pulled over the three. Bam! You hit it. And then you came down on the, on the next possession after y'all got a stop and you went down and you dunked it. And I was like, yo, boy, boy. Like, they started talking about this Marcus Liberty from uh, from King. And I was like, oh, yeah, I heard about him in newspapers. And I remember reading about you because that's when newspapers were popular. That's when we used to always go grab the Sun Times or the Defender or or the Tribune, and you you were always in the newspaper. And I, that's when I was like, you know what, man, I want to be like him. He got he's skilled. And and then from there, I kept following your career, and you know, you just you know really inspired a, a lot of kids, not only myself, on what you have impact on the on the game of basketball. Uh, as we all were growing up, watching you go out there on the court, do your thing. Appreciate that, Newt, and I appreciate that. Really, I do. And I think I already reached out to you before and told you that, too, once before. But you just never know, man. Like, you really never know who you can touch, you know, through this game of basketball. And I think you did that along with your fellow teammates at Michigan, People wanted to be like you guys. People wanted to touch you guys. People wanted to follow in your footsteps. You was one of the founders to me. I'm going to say founders of that Fab Five. You the one helped orchestrate that, put that together. What was going through your mind when you were saying, you know, because you was the first one that committed to Michigan. Yeah. You saying, I know I can bring two, three other guys, or you already had it in your mind how you how you're going to play it out? Well, I'll answer your question uh, second, but okay. first I want to say it would it would never been a Fab Five because I was gonna go to Illinois. Wow! <laughs> and I was going to Illinois because you know, I had always went to their team camp. So when I was in high school at CBS, our high school coaches to send us down to Illinois team camp, and we played against schools like East St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln with Conzo Martin on their team, and uh, we also played against other schools that were in the state of uh, Illinois. And so I got an opportunity to get the chance to meet, you know, Coach Nagy, uh, Lou Henson in a little bit, but I built the relationship with Coach Nagy and also with Coach Jimmy Collins. Mm-hmm. Coach Coons uh, was there as well. Jimmy Coons, mm-hmm. his last name. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I grew up, like, watching, obviously, you <laughs> and uh, Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill, um, Lowell Hamilton, Kenny Battles, you know, that team in 89 – was just so damn inspiring, entertaining to watch. Uh, being undersized like some other college teams, mm-hmm. you know, like your biggest dude on your starting lineup was like six foot seven. Yeah, that was Lowell Hamilton who was playing center, and then y'all had Urban Smalls coming off the bench, and then you also had Larry Smith as the the other guard coming off the bench, along with Stephen Bartle, the starting guard. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, this team is for real, and then. Y'all was all from the crib, you know, the majority of y'all, and some of them from the suburb of Chicago, but it was a team that was based only out of the state of Illinois. So that's why I was like, wow, 
I want to go out there. I want to play for that Orange Crush and Ooh. watch the Orange Crush support me while I'm in the, you know, up in Champagne. And so then when they got into the situation where there was a little differences with Iowa, and I'm not going to go into details about it, but um, it sort of set them back on their recruiting and recruiting me. But Jimmy Collins was still locked in and, and you know, he was still recruiting me, but it wasn't the same because there was concerns that there may be like some type of NCAA infraction. Uh-huh. Then I had to move to option B. And uh, Michigan was that, that second school that really excited me. And then I said, you know what? You know, I want to win. And I've always looked at basketball as a team sport. I never looked at it as far as my stats. And I wanted like, you know, just score all the points. or I want to be that dude. I'm like, man, I think you got dude when you show that you, you win a championship. So I wanted to make sure that if I did go to Michigan, I was going to recruit and help them recruit. And I was committed to helping them recruit other guys. And so I got Jimmy to come and, you know, and I got Chris to come and that's unheard of when a guy like Chris Weber, who's from the state of Michigan and he plays the same position as me, that you would want a guy that plays the same position as you to come to the same school. I didn't give a right give a about any of that. I just want to win, man. So I was like, yo, come on. Let's not, not only that, he's going to help me get better in practice because I'm going to compete against this dude in practice, and I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm never right. running from competition. So that's how, yeah, I, I got the Michigan thing flowing, and I wasn't going to come there unless I brought some dudes with me. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. And that's and you. And that's you. Yeah, I was going to go to Illinois, go play with Deion Thomas, and, you know, if you would have stayed a couple more years, I guess I probably would have <laughs> caught you as a senior. <laughs> Who knows? It definitely. Uh, your boy Brooks, uh, what's his name? Brooks Taylor? Brooks Taylor. Yeah, Brooks Taylor would have been, uh, I think, my freshman year, he probably would have been a junior. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, Brooks Taylor had game, man. Yeah. Yeah, Brooks yeah, was a good player. I'm here to I don't know. Um, Liv, you got an echo? Yeah, do you? That's a small. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but, but yeah, Juwan, so after that, like, once you got that team together and then you guys started doing your thing, man, like, I even got excited. Like, you were saying how you was watching Illinois. I was watching Michigan, but you being on the team. And I knew, you know, Jalen Rose a little bit, watching him play, you know. So I was like, man, that squad there. Reminds me a little bit of the University of Illinois. Yeah, yeah. So y'all had that same swag, you know. Y'all was out there, you know, doing it. Of course, hip hop was, was becoming big, you know, when y'all started coming along. So now you had Chuck D fight the power, you know. You had all those 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 guys jam EPMD, you know. You guys just rolled the ship right with those guys, man. And I watched you play, and I said, when I watched Juwan Howard play, and just listening to you just talk to our listeners. You just wanted to win. And that's what I saw when I watched mm-hmm. you play. I said, man, he don't even care if he, sh- he shoots the ball. He's passing. He's moving. He's setting screens. He's getting an offensive rebound. He's very vocal. You know, he, he was always talking. And I was like, man, I love that dude, man. And I remember my first time meeting you when you came to visit Illinois. And, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if you know. You, you, you said it walking past me. You said, you said this. You said, man, they got my idol playing center. <laughs> you said that, and I was like, and I heard you. I'm like, talking about Lowe Hamilton, or 
my my idol playing center man. He said, and I'm a center, and I don't even want to be that. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember that, man. I remember that. When yeah. you <laughs> hey, man. Wow. You know, I was I was tripping on that throughout your collegiate career, man. I'm like, man, like mm-hmm. this dude is a guard. Like he got he got guard skills and man, he center. Like and that back then it was more traditional where yeah. a center was a guy that played with his back to the basket. Could never handle the basketball and he could just stay in the paint. And I'm like, yo, your skill set was like magic. Like you can handle the ball, you you had a high IQ, you see plays before it happens, you can shoot it from the outside, you just you got a lot of wiggle in your game. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, he's sacrificing for the team, you know, and that's I guess that's what he's doing. But you know, that's much respect to you. Yeah, you know, I think. Like you probably had people that can help you that help you along the way your recruiting process. Um, and we we know, um, and that's we might as well just go right into it, man. You had some people that was in your life, man, that's no longer here. You know, my man Juice, you know, um, big shout out, man, you know, to what he was, you know, with you, man. Y'all was like Batman and Robin every time you know you saw, you know, Dewan, you saw Juice, you know, and. And um, we know he's no longer with you. Then you lost another, bet, you know, good friend, you know, Donnie uh, Curser. So, man, it's it's been like a turmoil for you, man. And I just want to say my condolences to you, man, because I know how much they meant to you, you know, how much they really meant to you. So especially Donnie, you know, because I think Donnie actually had the opportunity of coaching you. Yes, yes, that's true. So, so man, I, I just want to say that. Uh, Appreciate that. But you had people like that in your life, you know, Donnie, you know, Juice, and uh, watching you and, and helping you, you know, make some kind of decisions, some of these decisions that you had to make, these tough decisions, you know, especially a young 17, 18-year-old kid, man. We, we don't know it all, you know. So mm-hmm. I personally didn't have that, you know. It was like Cox was helping me, of course. But I didn't have that. My mother and father, they didn't know nothing about this recruiting process, especially with somebody on that elite type talent that all these colleges are coming at you. Right, right. So it was overwhelming for me, you know. So I can only imagine what it was for you, you know, coming up in the 90s, how, how you know, it started to get crazy. <laughs> you know, so you had people like that. So how did you, how did you like really like separate yourself from all of the hoopla to become, you know, more, you know, settled and saying, you know what, let me think this whole process out. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, what there was two people that helped me. Uh, Donnie Kersey was one, as well as uh, Coach Cook. Coach uh, Cook, Coach Cook uh, who was the head coach at CBS at the time, he was the other person that helped me because it was new to me uh, and also to my grandmother. My grandmother, uh, she was a little overwhelmed with a lot of the phone calls that was coming to the house and and all the letters that I was bringing home from school, uh, it started piling up and it became more junk than anything. And, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, I looked at that as like, you know, a, a way of like, man, I arrived, I guess. I guess I got an opportunity to go to college. You know, all these colleges are coming at me with these letters. So then when the recruiting process picked up, my grandmother was okay with like allowing Coach Cook and Coach Donnie to be that that the guy that really uh, take control of the process. 
Bernard really took control of it. Um, and he helped us, you know, they helped organize a lot of the home visits. Uh, they also, my grandmother did a great job of, you know, inviting a lot of those schools over and then cooking uh, food for them. And um, she connected extremely well with a lot of the schools, uh, some of their head coaches and assistant coaches. But it, ultimately, they, they wanted me to make the decision that was best for me. But she knew that I was going to be the one that had to go to school there. And the only thing she always talked about was that basketball is fun and exciting game, but it's not guaranteed. I want you to get your education. Boy, that's what she said, boy. Uh, she said, promise me you're going to get your degree. And so I started looking at it like, well, I got to choose a school that not only is good on the basketball, but also that will help prepare me for life after that and give me that education that if I do get that degree, you know, I'll be able to use it and, and walk into a job when I retire or if basketball doesn't work out. And so she really enjoyed Michigan and liked the coach, uh, Coach Fisher and Brian Dutcher and Coach Boyd, and, uh, but she never tried to make me or help steer me in the direction of Michigan. She allowed me to uh, figure it all out on my own. Go ahead, Bob. I know you got something. You know I'm sitting over here waiting, boy. I'm like an AK-47 <laughs> over here just waiting, man. Juwan, we from the same, basically the same hood. You from 95th, I'm from 102nd. We from the 100th, so we basically from the same era. Dude, we lost Ben back in the days. Liv came through. He was a breath of fresh air. But you in the hood, man. How did you make it out of there? Because we from basically from the same area, man. It's crime over there, bro. Yeah, man. Outlaw gangsters, man. They they looked out for me, man. They, they really did, man. That neighborhood, man. I learned a lot about, you know, you know, getting uncomfortable. Um, I learned a lot about, you know, if you if, if you really want to do this basketball thing, there's some some physical and mental toughness that we're going to put you through in this neighborhood that's going to prepare you. So I played a lot of basketball inside, you know, those gates of loading homes and mm -hmm. learned guys uh, by the name of Ivory, uh, Ivory Banks. Uh, he's, he's one of the OGs that, you know, everyone respected in the neighborhood. But he also uh, talked a lot about the game of basketball by kicking my butt on the court. Uh, Darren Brittman. Darren Brittman mm -hmm. was another one. Um, he grew up in the same neighborhood. You know, mm -hmm. uh, he was another one. He and his family that really uh, took me under their wing and uh, helped me a lot. You know, Darren Brittman also went to CBS, and many people don't know. Uh, right. But I learned a lot of the things from him of what to do and what not to do. Um, another um group of people in that neighborhood besides those two you know just collectively the neighborhood itself protected me in a lot of ways because they started to see uh and also read in the newspaper that like hey you know big new got a chance to do something you know he's you know his basketball thing is looking like it's looking promising for him so the neighborhood really started to like rally behind me and protect me right yeah, that's yeah, and I think that, and I think that happened with a lot of hoopers too, you know, especially because mm -hmm. most of us come from, you know, gang environments, you know, and from our neighborhood, and they they see you about to do something positive, and they're gonna, you know, give you that pass. But basically, we call it a hooper pass. Yeah. Man, ain't nobody gonna mess with you, man. You good? You you just keep doing what you're doing, and uh, everything's gonna take care of itself. Uh, I want to put this up there right quick, Newby. You tell me about this right here, man. Just tell me about this right here. This is a game 
against Indiana was you trying to let Bobby Knight know that we are for real, you know, because you shot that jump shot and you turned around and you just like, like wanted to raise the roof up in that place. You know, what was you trying to let them know that, that, that we for real, we just not no young freshmen, but we the real deal. Yeah, no doubt about it, bro. I was wanting to let the entire, you know, Indiana, whoever was in that gym to know that like, you know, there's no intimidation that's happening here. You're not going to get us off our path. And at the same time, you know, the referees, you're not going to allow, you know, this one person, I'm not going to say his name, intimidate you. Uh, we got to get this dub. And uh, I was going to let him hear it. You know, right, right. Same yeah. time, try to inspire our our team. You know, like, you know, we, we need to bring some more energy uh, because, um, yeah, Indiana with Calvert Chaney mm -hmm. uh, being like that front liner and best player on their team. And then you had a guy like Allen Henderson and, and many others, Damon Bailey. Uh, there were times they would get that whistle, man, some favorable calls, man. And it really frustrated. And I'm sure you can attest to this. Yeah. The time you got to play against, what's that guard, uh, Edwards or something like that? Uh, Jay Edwards. Yeah, Jay Edwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to watch our games. Y'all didn't always get a favorable whistle there either. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tough yeah. place to play. Yeah, until Nick until Nick put 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 a damper yeah. to that man and one of those shots, man. And, it was a game uh, shot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I was just watching that earlier today. I was like, man, look how Juwan is just pumping up his teammates, man. I keep seeing that in every video I was watching of you. You were always pumping your teammates up, you know. And I was like, is that something that was already in you, or is that something you just had to? You know, grow. It had to grow into you that you was always that enthusiastic, and you wanted you wanted to be you know part of. Because I was a quiet kid. I wasn't that rah 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 type of player. Yeah, so yeah. Like you were that type of player. Yeah, good question, man. You know, like we all obviously lead in different ways, and uh, some of us are quiet leaders by doing it with their actions. Some are vocal leaders. Uh, some are inspiring leaders uh, with their emotion. And my thing was. Now, I know Jalen was that guy that had the ball in his hands, um, going to be the decision maker, and also a bucket getter. Chris Weber is just Chris. I mean, he was the most dominant force in college basketball. Uh, he, he does it with his growl and everything. But we also had to have someone that would be able to lead uh, vocally by, you know, the leadership on the floor, by saying the right things. You had to have someone that will inspire others to be able to uplift them when they're down and also pat them on the back when they're doing well. Um, and so like, I took on that role of like, yo, I'm going to be a leader because that's the only thing I know. That's, that's who I am. But at the same time, you know, at times we, we got to have somebody that's going to lead with emotion because Jimmy King was more of a quiet leader. Mm -hmm. and Ray Jackson you know, didn't say much himself. And so like, you know, I'm like, man, you know, I looked around I'm like, well, it got to be somebody, so I elected myself. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys, man, to the to the defense, they trusted me, and we trusted one another. So we was able to allow, you know, each person express and be themselves, and and I think that's what also made our team unique in a, in a lot of ways, where guys were able to be expressive um, 
and we understood, you know, who you were and respected each and every man. And Juwan, not only that, that you had, you guys had to do that. I think you had to have a great coach that will let you guys be yourselves too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we have players picking schools because of the name, because of the colors, they got the nice colors, uniforms and this and that, but then they get to the school and they're like, but I don't like the coach. <laughs> the coach is not, you know, who I really want to play for, you know, but you already made that decision. So you had the you had that type of coach, I think, that let you guys be yourselves, right? Let you guys, each one of you guys had different personalities, what you just spoke upon. And I saw that. You could see that on the court, that each one of y'all had y'all own thing that y'all brought to the table. I think that's what made you guys special. That's what made a lot of inner city people, children growing up like you guys, because they were saying, that's me. Juan Howard is me. Jalen Rose is me. Chris Weber, that's me. You know, so now they're seeing it on a national scale, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. national television, seeing you guys. And I think you guys open the floodgates for more kids, more inner city kids to enjoy basketball that want to play basketball. And I think that was all because of, you know, your coach, your head coach. Now, are you going to be that type of coach, Jawan, that you're looking for pers- personnel that fits your personality? Yes. Uh, well, first, I want to say that you're right when it comes to the coach. And Steve Fisher was that coach, man, that really allowed us to be ourselves and was accepting of that and did not try to put us in a box and, and feel that we need to you know, react or act in a certain way that he feels is best served on how he thinks is the right way to do it. You know, his right way of doing it is allowing us to be us, but at the same time, um, growing with us uh, and now I thought that was what allowed each and every player to trust coach uh, and, and coach uh, trusted us and that's why our culture was you know fun to play in you know and coach Fisher you know, he doesn't get enough credit as a coach on the collegiate level and in my opinion uh, you know he should be looked at as a hall of famer as well because of all the stuff that he's done at San Diego State and turning that program around uh, being a, a, like a small Division One mid-major, some would say now, it's turned into a powerhouse, you know, and mm-hmm. it, every year and Brian Dutcher has taken over and really taken that program to new heights. So as far as my coaching style uh, now today, you know, I've been able to implement a lot of what Coach Fisher uh, and bring it into my style of coaching and uh, other coaches I play for in the NBA and been able to put it all in one box and, and now uh, allow my team to have an identity where our guys can be expressive. Um, while I look at for when I go to recruit, I find guys that shares the same vision uh, of winning and also is able to uh, understand and accept coaching, mm-hmm. uh, but, then, uh, but then know that they have a coach that's going to fight for them, uh, that's going to develop them, uh, and then it, and then when basketball is over, that he's always going to have a relationship with them in life. It's not just about the one to four years that they're going to be here at the University of Michigan. You know, our relationship is going to be a relationship that lasts a lifetime. You know, I want to have you know, that 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 opportunity to be able to watch him graduate, watch him get married, get a chance to meet their kids, um, um, 
also allow them to come to the school whenever they want to, to bring their families because this is their home and it will always be their home. Um, and then last but not least, um, you know, we talk about, you know, being a family atmosphere and that's what this, this culture here at the University of Michigan is all about. Like our, our players should always be welcome uh, anytime when, when they want to step foot on this campus uh, because uh, I've always admired and respected it. The guys that played before me, mm -hmm. uh, guys that came after me, and you know, I want this university to know that um, when we say Michigan, we look at Michigan being a family. Yeah, I see that. Hey, let me hop in real quick, Lib. Hey, uh, Juwan, Coach Howard, man, you you shocked the world this year uh, at the beginning of the season by bringing in a kid that I have been knowing since probably third, fourth grade, watching him play Mike Smith. So when you brought Mike Smith over there, people were like, who is this dude? Let me tell you, that boy was a pro as a kid. And when you brought him over there, you saw the same thing I saw, right, Coach Howard? Yes, I, I did, man. And I saw, you know, a guy that was a competitor, uh, loves basketball. Um, your teammates, your teammates going to always enjoy being around him. A guy that want to be coached, that's going to accept coaching. And then also a guy that I'm going to learn from, too. Like, I'm always open to learning as a coach. So that's why, like, Mike is, has a voice on this team. And, I, you know, I trusted Mike, so I gave him the ball and, you know, mm -hmm. allowed him to, you know, be himself, but at the same time empowering him to know that, you know, we ask you to be to lead us. And he accepted the challenge. Um, some people looked at him as being undersized, and I think that was one of his biggest strengths because – He's always been looked at as being undersized, so he has a chip on his shoulder. And, and a guy like that, I want to be in a foxhole with. And so Mike, man, you know, he's he did a phenomenal job with us last season. And, and you know, he came from Columbia, uh, Ivy League school, didn't, didn't get the chance to play on the Power Five Conference. So Mike was just, you know, excited about this opportunity. And, and I, I think he maximized to the fullest by leading Elite Eight. He did, man. He did. But I also, but I also see Juwan, you as one of those coaches that don't get caught up in those stars, those one, two, three, four, five star players. You look with your own eyes, your 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 test. You looking at it and saying, you know what? This kid can play at Michigan. You know, yeah. this kid can play in this conference. You know, the Big Ten. So that's what I look when I see you bringing in these players, you know, even with the guy you just got last year, you know, this is coming up season that's going to be playing as a freshman, Isaiah Bones, you know, the same way, you know, he kind of slipped, you know, through the cracks. Nobody was really talking. And then all of a sudden, Texas Tech offered him. Then another school offered him. Then, you know, then it just got big. But I know you were watching, like, how can he help Michigan? You know, you watching all the other things, people looking at the talent, but you looking at, Okay, I can use him on this. I can do this. Oh, he plays great defense because the kid is super athletic. Yes, I he, think he brings more to the table than what people really see. Yeah, Lib, I do not look at the stars, man. I, I do not get caught up in the five stars and the four stars. You know, I look at the guys that I know that fits our culture, and you know, and then we're not for everyone. That's a fact. And and that being said, like if you're about sacrificing, you're about allowing us to coach you, develop you. And, and like I said, look, we'll learn from you as well than you. We're for you, you know, and this is a place for you. And so Isaiah Barnes, you know, like he, 
he was a young kid that, you know, very soft-spoken. Um, mm-hmm. You can see the competitiveness in him, um, super skilled. Um, he's growing with his, you know, with his development each and every day that he comes into this building because he's, like you said, he's super athletic. Uh, he, he also can shoot the basketball, which is, not been talked about a lot. I've seen, a, you know, a lot of like growth in his shot. Um, also, he, he's getting better with uh, creating his own shot off the dribble. He's getting stronger. Uh, I mean, this kid got a chance to be something special. Uh, and I don't know how long I'm going to keep him, but I'm going to enjoy every year being around him because, uh, you know, he's fun to come in here and coach every day because, you know, he just wants more and more. You know, he when he walks into the building, um, and, and he just goes about his job. Like he doesn't like, you know, going to be the loudest guy mm-hmm. in the building. Uh, nor he's going to make sure you hear him. He's going to make sure you hear him and see him by his work that he put in at practice. And that's a guy that I'm, you know, I want in the trenches with me. So um, I'm just happy he's on our side. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, you know, he's from Chicago. so. You know, that's the part of that I, I really uh, can relate with them on being the fact that he's from where we grew up. So he's one of us all day. Right, <laughs> right, right. Hey, can I get off basketball real quick, live with him real quick? Go ahead. I'm going to hey, step on. Hey, hey uh, Coach Howard, man, um, back when I came home from college, because I went to Jackson State and I was there with your boy, Lindsey Hunter. But uh, um, you threw a party, man, like back in 1994 out in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the first time I seen what it felt like to kick it like the NBA player, dude. You remember <laughs> that scene in Tupac where he was in the other jacuzzi tub with them two girls and I get around? That was me at your party, man. <laughs> I appreciate that party. You basically tell me you was inside that pool uh, hanging out. Inside uh, the mansion. Yeah, well, you, when I had the bongos over there, you know, near the pool playing for y'all, it was a nice little environment, man. And you know, we had the jet skis outside um, and where you can rent jet skis. And then we also had, you know, free food, you know. It was everything, man. I, I tell you, I was telling my, me and my boys, we still talk about that to this day. Because the people who got there late, it was too late. And it's unfortunate that guys like you, you know, you was able to do it for us, people like us, and for us to enjoy some of your success. These guys can't do that nowadays, man. Why Why do you think that is? What, what was the break off with that? Because, I mean, we could walk right up to you. I remember you coming up to Princeton on 99th from uh, Princeton when uh, Tony McCoy had the Pro-Am up there. You walk yeah. right up. No problem. You know? What yeah. happened? Well, I know I don't know what happened, but I just know, man, that I've never been a, a type of guy to shy away from people, you know, and, and uh, living and living life to the fullest. And so I, I'm never – you know, more or bigger than you are. Uh, I don't look at myself as better than you. Or, um, I'm very humbled by the blessings that God has put forth in my path. And I support everyone. And, and I really do. I genuinely, I care about people. So that has always been my mindset. You know, other folks got different type of mindsets. And at times, like when you look on social media, I think social media has really taken, you know, a lot of the, the fun away from people, man. Um, and, and it's really like you know, put a lot of negative light and a lot and negative you know images in people's minds, and so that's what ends up like you know leading off to different things that takes away from just enjoying life. 
And so that's why I, I've been so annoyed with by watching a lot of stuff on social media and what I'm seeing. Like, it's not like how it used to be back in our day where you're able to go to a party and have a good time and not have to worry about, you know, shooting or killing. I'm not saying we didn't have any of that back then, mm-hmm. but you know, right now what it's like, it's just like it got really bad, man. You know, and this would make you nervous or afraid to do anything or go outside or have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of guarded now because they, well, they just don't know. They, the, the trust is not there. Well, here goes one of your alums right here, man. They jumped on the page. It's my man, and I know you know him. So here he goes. <laughs> that's the old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got Higgs. What's your size, man? In the rafters at the I need a pair of those new sneakers. <laughs> Yo, Higgs, man, you gotta send his uh, shoe size and his address. So, so Higgs, you got it. You got You got to send uh, send your uh, your size, man. Text me your size, uh, Higgs, and I'll get it to I'll get it to him uh, for yes. you, man. Because we uh, we all in this together, man, trying to help. Not only do I see you as a coach, but I see you as a mentor. And I don't know if you guys touched on that when I stepped away, but. I see you more of a mentor giving kids, like I heard y'all talking about the social media. Here's the do, the do's and the don'ts of what can happen. If you put something out there negative, it's going to be hard for it to be taken away. If you take, put something out there positive, now you may get bigger endorsement deals, you know, so people can like you. So I always say, if I ever jump into being a college coach one day, I'm going to be more so a mentor than a coach. You know, I mean, the coaching part will become easier. The mentoring part, it's hard to me, you know, so to get kids to trust and believe in you. Right. So, yeah, we'll get uh, that to Sean Higgins. We'll get that to you, Sean, man. I know you you always rocking, uh, rocking that Michigan blue on television when the, uh, they playing football. So we're going to make sure you get that. Uh, That's OG, man. We definitely going to make sure he gets it, man. Yo, I, that dude from – I just got to talking about somebody about Higgs, man, being from L.A., uh, it was one cap that was from LA. He talked about Higgs, but I was just telling him about how Higgs had like, you know, similar like you, six nine. They played the guard position. Um, you know, a lot of these guys like the Tatum's of the world and uh, uh, Kevin Durant's. Like those guys remind me of you and Higgs, man. Yeah, real talk. No, like, before y'all time, Liv. Yeah. No, man. Hig, Hig. I respect Hig game. Hig respect my game. Uh, Dennis Scott. I mean, we were. We were all in that same, even Lloyd Daniels, like me and Lloyd Daniels talk, you know. So we were all in that same boat together in 87, man. And we we still friends to this day, you know. So even though we were battling, you know, we still off the court buddies, you know. And I think that's so important, man. Uh, I got something I want to show Newt one more time, man. And it's going to crack him up. I know he's going to laugh at this. <laughs> yeah, everybody, cabbage patching. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brought the new school. That's the new school right there. He did the new school. <laughs> man, I love it, man. So the reason why the reason why I wanted to put that one up there because if I was your 
player and I see my coach getting down like that, man, I'm like, man, he is so cool. <laughs> I go through a wall for this dude, man. You know, so 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 what made you what made you come up with that, man? That's when after a bucket or after the celebration you wanted to do the, the cabbage patch, man. <laughs> This was like you know the dance back then when uh when it, you know, it was very popular dance and so like I don't know what got to me. <laughs> you know, I think we beat uh, Ohio State and Ohio State we had struggled you know with Ohio State the entire season. We lost to them twice, one in our building, one in their building. Uh, one was a close game, and then we played them the third time in Elite Eight, and we played them in Lexington, Kentucky. And the game goes to overtime, and you know it's hard to beat a team three times. And, and we were playing against juniors and seniors, who you know Jimmy Jackson led that team and one of the best guards in that class. And and we end up pulling out the victory. And, and I, I don't know what got to me. I just the emotions got to me. I pulled out the cabbage. <laughs> You got you got to give all balls. <laughs> all dances, man. I, put, so I always say this, man. I said, "Yo, man, we make it championships or make it to the final four. That's gonna always be the championship dance. Is the championship? No matter how cool I get." John Higgins just said, he said, he said, Jawan is the cabbage pack king. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, man. <laughs> oh, man. Also, man, make sure you tell Big Sugar I said what's up too, man. Uh, Terry Mills. I, is he still yeah. doing the radio for you guys too? Yes, he is. I would do I would do that, man. Yeah, that's my guy, man. So that but let's talk a little bit about the NBA now, man. Like you we, I know you gotta run. But let's talk about the NBA. And, 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 and this is a clip I found too of you doing something nasty to somebody. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I remember that play, man. That was over Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here go again in slow mo. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I said, I said. Didn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, he saw that off arm, man. Did he take that? Do you try to take so so the Bulls something, man? That hey, man, y'all should have got me over there, you know? Cause you, <laughs> <laughs> it was like this, bro, man. Uh, you know, I was never known to be the most athletic, so I was going to the hoop, and I was like, yo, whoever's gonna jump, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna like, you know, definitely try to. Make sure I make this a nice strong move where you either have to foul me or whatever. And the Bulls being the Bulls having, you know, MJ, Scotty, and then you know, has also had Dennis. And, you know, that team was, you know, as we all know, a championship team for many, many years. Um, they was looked at as, you know, that that team, those dudes. And so we were as a young team was trying to get on that level, but we were extremely young. We were the youngest team in the NBA. And we were now starting to make a mark. Uh, I'm like, yo, this this is a game that if you really um, a competitor, it will get ex you're going to show them that you know you belong, or you're going to get exposed. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. and I, I had to bring it, man. And I think that's what's different now. Like today's game. They're competitive, don't get me wrong, but there's not any rivalries that I see um, that like how it was back in our day. Like there were t NBA teams that had rivalries that like you wasn't 
trying to team up with MJ. Mm-hmm. They tried to, of course, you know, now sign you. I mean, yeah, you probably would end up going if the money was right, but I wasn't going to, like, you know, just take any money to go play with MJ. I wanted to play against him. Mm-hmm. So that was another one of our, you know, listeners right there had a comment, and they basically telling you about your leadership already, man. Oh, Isaiah Barnes, somebody related to Isaiah Barnes. That Isaiah said you're the greatest coach on earth. <laughs> you know, so so kids are respecting you, man. And they I think you're gonna get so many people, like you said, you're gonna have to you can't you can't get a hundred, two hundred kids on your team, you know. So you're gonna have to like and you might hurt some feelings, but man, that's would, that's a good feeling to have. Hey, do you have walk-ons, Juwan? Yes, I do. It's a great feeling to have, and it's very humbling too. And we have, you know, only thirteen scholarships, and you know, I usually take about four to five walk-ons per year. Um, and some of those walk-ons are, you know, like I have like three other spots for next year that will be open, and that will be walk-on spots. But yeah, you're right. There have been nowadays, you know, we've had, you know, a lot of like recruits do want to come here. And I remember the first when I first got hired, you know, like it was hard for me to even sign, you know, or get a few of these top players to uh, commit here because they didn't know. They didn't know what, you know, me coming from the NBA, if I knew how to coach and, you know, that all they knew about was the coaches that they had seen had so much success. And that was granted, you know, I, I understood, you know, why, you know, some was hesitant. Uh, but, but, you know, I'm okay with proving myself, and I, I've always had to prove myself, so it wasn't not anything new to me. Uh, but one thing I'm always going to do is try to work extremely hard to, get, to better myself as a coach, to have the growth mindset to grow, because I ask the same of my players to work on their game, to improve their skill set. So why not me? So and if I don't have an answer, you know, I'm always looking for to asking, you know, and finding the answer and don't try to act like I do know. If I don't know, I have an answer to a question, I'm okay with and humbled to say I don't know the answer to it. Mm. Uh, and, and my players, and it was very generous and nice to see that Isaiah said something like that. Um, I'm going to do whatever I can to help him and his teammates uh, to be better players and better people in life because that's what his mom and dad has done. Uh, and why not? They're passing the torch to me for these next four years. I better not mess it up. <laughs> right, right. And I, I'm not going to mess it up. Hey, real quick, Juwan, I know you got to cut out. Uh, I know you're going to have to cut out. But, um, you know, my son's mom, she was talking to Phil Martelli. And, you know, yeah. Phil Martelli is a straight shooter. About my son, he was going to try to come get a workout with you guys. But you guys were loaded. But nevertheless, Phil Martelli went through all loops, man, sending him schools and stuff like that. Talk about Phil Martelli, man. Is that your mentor? Cause that guy is just—he didn't have to do this stuff, man. And I just think so much of him, man, for helping my family out. Well, you know, that's nice of you to say that, cause I had no idea, man, that Phil has been doing that behind the scenes. But I'm not surprised because, you know, when I went out and I was like, you know what, I got to find the right assistant coaches that fits my personality, that also are grinders, uh, that care about these young men. Uh, and that are selfless in a lot of ways. And and one of the things that, you know, I, I knew that was important is trust. And so with Phil Martelli, all the experience he's had for all the years in the collegiate level, 
Uh, this man right here is the pure as they come. And you talk about, is he one of my mentors? Damn right he is, you know? Um, I've learned a lot from him. Um, same goes for Howard Isley. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, he's an amazing person. You know, everyone talks about him that's from Detroit and outside of Detroit, on how such a great guy he is. You know, and that's the reason why I want to surround myself around those type of people. Saudi Washington, who's you know, was from the state of Michigan, coached at Oakland University. He also was a part of the Coach Beeline staff. I got a chance and got to know him, and I was like, man, he's the perfect guy who I would love to have to retain because he fits my personality. And then even though we all have differences and we all have different strengths, you know, I, I feel with all of us combined, there's no weakness. Mm, right, right. All right, so we got a question right there for Juwan. He said, do you think, Orlando, if they keep Chris Webber along with Shaq, could they make could they make that work? Chris was versatile. I think it could have been great. They already had D. Scott and Nick. Yeah, I think so. I think that Chris would have loved playing with Shaq because then that gave him an opportunity to play a little bit on the perimeter. Chris is also a great passer, a willing passer. And, and Shaq, we all know how dominant he was. And, you know, and Shaq, when he was playing for Orlando, man, you know, like people forget, like that dude at that size was one of the most athletic, quickest guys that I have ever seen. And mm -hmm. along with the skill set, I just think that would have been one of the most dominant front lines ever. And then you have those two shooters like Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson. I mean, you could never double any of those do, uh, Shaq or Chris because they're throwing it out to the perimeter. And you got two of the best three-point shooters knocking shots down from the perimeter. And then Penny would have been Penny would have been on a different team, but you can put any point guard with that team. <laughs> that yeah, 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 you're right. I think Man. Orlando dropped the ball on that, uh, Coach. Yeah. They thinking about that right now because they didn't get nothing out of that. No, oh yeah, Miss Foster told me to tell you what's up, man. I'm sorry, Miss Foster. That's my girl, man. I yeah. know. So she just, she just, she just. We don't get her on too. She just uh, wanted to say something about you too, man. Of how you know in, the impact that you have put on Chicago with your camps and and doing your thing, you know, with that and having her come out and help as well. I just think man, Chicago gets a bad rap sometimes because of all the you know the senseless violence that we have going on in Chicago now. But we still have people like yourself who were doing great things in the city, Miss Foster, who is also doing great things in the city. Uh, that it's a lot of hate, you know, hatred going on. That people just if it's not for you, it's not for you. You don't have to say anything bad about a person just because she's out there or you out there, Juwan, doing your thing. So you guys think if it's okay to say some bad things about that person, you know, she's taking time out of her day, you know, long hours, being in that gym, teaching, giving uh, instructions to young kids. I'm talking about these kids are like third and fourth grade. I've saw, I've saw her, I've watched her do, you know, yes, and, I'm, and I'm like, wow. Oh, but yeah. I they, they love her though. Yeah. But I understood why she was doing it. She, she was doing it because she was like, I don't want these kids to go to high school and not know, you know, or not be disciplined enough to understand, you know, what's right and wrong. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. To your point, man, like I've always admired, you know, Coach Foster and obviously many others that that are coming in our city that behind the scenes that don't get recognized for 
all the hard work and, and the effort and the but the most important the love that they putting in to the you know our youth uh in the grassroots trying to help our kids uh find a different way of life uh, that what they're seeing right now because what they're seeing right now is you know so much of the killings and the, a lot of the negativity and then what that ended up doing is at times it puts a negative mindset that thinking like you know what well i can't make it i can't get out because of all this that's happening and they put they make it a new space but miss foster and many others are like you know what you know i'm going to help you i'm gonna put my time my love and passion into you i'm not asking anything in return but to see you be successful i mean god is going to always continue to keep paying the mrs fosters of the world uh because of you know they know where her heart is at and whether those people that's like her uh, really want the best for our youth. And, uh, you know, I wish we had many more Mrs. Foster's because she's been great for you know me and my family, helping my kids and work to uh, high schools and, 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 uh, and all the other stuff that she's doing behind the scenes that people don't see that she don't even ask to get credit for. So I uh, much respect hats off to Miss Foster and many others like Miss Foster. That's right. And before we go, that's uh what Bob, you got one more? Yeah, I just wanted to tell him shout out to him for doing those camps for free because you did it for free. And yeah. I got I, my sons, you took a dude, my sons went every year and you took a picture. It was two, three hundred kids there. You took a picture with every kid, man. And a lot of dudes don't do that. And one particular year I was out there with your pops and uh Danny Spencer. We was barbecuing <laughs> in the back. Yeah, we we were having a good time back there. I just want to tell you, thank you for that, big dog. Uh, I ate good, drank good. Shout out to Big Dewan Howard, man. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, man. I do it for anything for the kids. If I didn't have this NCAA rules, not being a head coach, you know, you cannot like be involved with now. Like they call it, young prospects and mm -hmm. having a, a camp back in Chicago. I can't do that anymore because of my job now. But if I didn't have this job, I was kept doing it, doing it. Mm -hmm. yeah, man. but yeah guys like jabari parker who was one of my campers at my camp wow. now he does a, a nice basketball camp for the uh, kids in inner city man so shout outs to jabari parker man much respect and also many others like jabari parker that i that i, I didn't say that are doing stuff uh, for our youth man in, in the community man yeah there's a lot of people right you're right so what kind of advice would you give somebody, Juwan, before we before we get out of here, uh, whether that's a parent or a kid or a young a youngster that wants to get involved and playing basketball and, and the parent probably don't know anything about it? What would you what, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I would say this, man, like some some of the best things you can do is uh, get them involved in some of these basketball camps, clinics all across the U.S., uh, but particularly in, like in the Chicago area, basketball is, you know, I would say, the number one sport, arguably. And uh, we always have some type of clinic or basketball camp or tournament that's in, that we, we host uh, throughout the year. Um, get the kids involved in activities like that, or that, you know, if the kid wants to play basketball, will help inspire them to become a better basketball player. But at the end of the day, what the sport does is teaches you a lot of life lessons about, you know, um, teamwork, getting uncomfortable, um, as well as uh, uh, dealing with adversity. <laughs> and and what, those, what that's going to do is just help you with your development as you get older. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what, you know, in life, uh, we all uh, go through a little, you know, adversity patches. But, you know, it's all about how you will respond when it hits you. Mm, my man. My man. Yeah. Hey, that's that that's that's the way to end the show, man, on, on something like that, what Juwan just said. But also, what's your favorite podcast, man? All Ball Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Much love to All Ball Chicago, baby. You know, that's right, my man. Thank you all for Hold having on. me. Before you go, Coach, man, I know you in that gym hollering all the time. I created these social distance devices called the Culture, man. You got a wireless headset and a waist amplifier, amplify the voice 500 square feet. You ain't got to do all that hollering no more. You in practice? <laughs> Put the coach on, baby. You ain't got to do no more hollering, man. So he, so he wants to send you one for free, man, for the free 99 to Coach Howard, baby. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. I'm dropping right. it in the mail today when I leave. Liv, good job, Liv. You got you got new, baby. Let's go. The legend, man. The legend, <laughs> you know, and, and and I would definitely send my kid. If I had a son, he would be right there with Juwan. Thank That's you, man. Right. That means a lot, man. Yes, sir. My man, appreciate well, God you. God bless you, big how big Juwan. God you bless too. you, man. All right, and I'll see you when you come down this way, too. Yes, sir. You sure will, brother. All Bro. right. All right, peace. Big noob in the building, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Liv, great interview, man. You were like Ted Koppel up in here, baby. Man, go on, dude. <laughs> I, just, man, I just think, man, that when we talk to, to our guests, man, it's it's all about them. But also you got to ask the right questions, too, man, of, of what, you know, uh, what, what it's going to take, you know, for, for a guy like Juwan to get more kids, you know, down there. So we brought him on the show so they can hear him. They can hear him talk. Well, I know he heard he got three walk-on spots left. And even though we want a Scotty, man, I sent Colin down there, man. Get, get, get some workout. Let Colin go get some workout, man. We'll, we'll pay for it, baby. Yeah. Anybody, no, no. I mean, because this guy, I mean, like I say, Liv, I've been knowing Mike Smith since he was a shorty. Remember I told you? So when he brought him over there, I was totally shocked because this dude, he's just a talent. You know, he, he, he gave up his size, a little size, but he was a heady guard. And, and that was a great decision that he made, you know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you, 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 you always like I always say to 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 coaches. You know, you pick the team or you get in the team. You know, to fit your personality. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes coaches don't do that, right? And, and and then it 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 becomes a problem later on. You know, right, right. But no, he he's doing a great job at Michigan, and you know, and I wish him nothing but success. But I don't want him to beat my Illinois team. Now <laughs> I don't want him to beat Illinois, man. But even though they got us in '89, man, for the ship, for the championship. But but no, man, I love Jawan, man, and Jawan is gonna be a great coach and uh, man, definitely uh, doing his thing there in Michigan. And man, let me give a shout out to both of you guys, man, for uh, just keeping yourself out of trouble. You know, keeping y'all names clean. You know, not reverting. Uh, to to crime when things wasn't going the way that you wanted to go, you know y'all stayed on the straight and narrow, man. So shout out to you and Juwan, man, because y'all y'all had the name. You could have been top flight dope boys, man. If anybody would have gave you some work, but it was Chicago. Think about it, man. It was Chicago that that braced us. You know, right? We started doing stuff and being in the media and the newspapers. Chicago supported that. You know, like so no, we, we ain't letting nothing happen to y'all, that's man. Right. That's right. You know, so yeah. it was all it was all Chicago, man. That 
that did that, you know. So my love is always gonna be Chicago, and you can hear it in his voice. It's always gonna be Chicago. That's yeah, because you got that play. ass whooped out here. You, you know you got that ass warmed up in the projects yeah, playing ball, didn't you, live? That's what made you the number one player in the nation, the McDonald All American, that made you the NBA veteran. Because if you don't go through that, just like him at Princeton Park Loading Homes on 95th, like people think that these guys like you just okay, just automatically got good. Somebody had to kick that ass, lit. Man, you know, you have brothers. The adults right? always was the, the one that was better than me, you know. But right, you know, shoot. But I learned, you know, I learned. And then when I got taller, it was like, no, no, no. <laughs> let me let me ask you something real quick though. Did you know that he had that level of admiration for you though? Like no, that? No, no. He I, called you his idol. No, I didn't, man. But I appreciate it. You know, uh, I'm I'm very humble of, of of that too. That he's speaking so highly of me. Of, of watching me get down when I was a youngster uh, in high school, you know, but again, give you, give people their roses while they still here. Man, I was you just going to say that, man. You know, it's so many times like, and I don't want to wish death on myself, but if I die tomorrow, you know, people going to start saying, you know, things, you know, they're going to write their own story. Right? Yeah. And writing your stories, whatever it may be, you know, why not tell that person why they're still here, what they meant to you? You know, uh, I'll do it all. I do it all the time. And, you know, my, my older brother, Edgar and Daryl, you know, and my cousins and my uncles, they the one who made me who I am today. And then I had coaches who planted seeds, you know, planted their seeds in me that mm -hmm. I took along the way, too. And they still my friends to this day, you know, and mentors as well. You know, Coach Gluck at Hardigan High School. Uh Sonny Cox, Mr. White at Crane, uh, G.K. Smith. Those were all uh, Lou Henson, Jimmy Collins. Those are all guys that played a part of my life and my upbringing, man. It's going to always be that. That's what's up, man. But without further ado, you know I got to go do my yoga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so man, that was like, a great one right there, man. We got Miss Foster coming up, man. Miss Foster, Foster. going to join us, man. So. Yeah, that was a good interview, out. man. Any shout outs you want to give out? Hey, but Lib, I damn near wasn't going to say nothing because I could not actually believe that I'm sitting here with you and Juwan Howard talking basketball. Like, I did something right with my life, man, because right. you, know, you just don't get on these type of platforms and you you with, with legends, man. So shout out to what I did good, whatever that was. And, and so shout out to everybody, man. My yeah, man, Danny Smith, Danny yeah. Spencer, he hit me up. Uh, he hit me in my inbox and said, uh, tell Juwan what's up. We had Daryl Jefferson. He said, what's up? Arrow and Nicole. Uh, LeVar Milan. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, uh, Emma Bruce. She said, hey, Marcus. That's uh, my, my low-end sister. Stan T.O. Anderson. Good stuff, guest. And a conversation needs to be had. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let me see. Brandon uh, Hewitt. Doc deserves his admiration. Uh, Brandon Hewitt. Oh, it's, 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 the list goes on and on. Nick Anderson, he hopped on. Uh, he said, what's up with my brothers? My man. Could you imagine a team with you, Nick, Jawan? Let's, let's just start with that. Yeah. I bet Jawan would have missed Nick, though, but he would have got me. He would have got me, but he would have missed Nick. Right, because Nick was 86 and he was uh 90. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He would have got me. He would have got, got my senior year would have been his uh, freshman year. Ooh, uh, you and him and Deion Thomas? Oh, uh, unstoppable. That National title. And then y'all had Kiwan Garrett, didn't y'all? 
No, Kiwan came later too, I think. He came later. Okay. It would have been uh TJ Wheeler and uh Deion Thomas, Brooks Taylor, you know, those guys. But it would have been it would have been awesome, man, to see him. The, the, so you heard it first. You know, he was, everybody he was say that lit, they would go, go to Illinois. I mean, you, you gotta watch that squad, man. That squad was a man, they didn't I, I, I remember, but I'm was, shocked that everybody was gonna say they was gonna go there, but didn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, things happen. Things yeah, happen. I know, but how how it all like Ronnie Fields? Imagine that Jamie Brandon. You know, it's, it, it, the list goes on and on. But I, I could talk to you all day. You know that, man. Make sure y'all go subscribe to our YouTube page, All Ball Chicago. Go on iHeartRadio, man. Download all the streaming apps. All Ball Chicago is everywhere you want to listen to podcasts, baby. Me and my boy Marcus Liberty, man. We loving it. We love Chicago, and this is all about y'all, not about us, man. Man, you you look like Urkel a little bit, man. All right, I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.